Hello and welcome to episode 20 of Wealth Talk. My name is Christian Rodwell, the Membership Director for Wealth Builders, and I'm joined by the founder, Mr. Kevin Whelan. Hello, Chris. Good to talk to you again. Hello today, Kevin. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Yeah? How's the week been? Do you know, full on. Completely full on. I've been out and about, spreading the wealth building and the SaaS building word uh, out there across the country. I was in rugby last week in Leeds, which is good distinction to share with you later. Uh, I'll be in London next week and then mm. Manchester the week after that. And, and a bit uh, of good news, haven't you? A bit of good news, yeah. Um, well, well, one bit of good news, actually, is I've passed my very first level of qualification towards being a sommelier. Oh, congratulations. Now, for the purposes of our wealth building audience, Chris, it's not because I want a job. No. I think you got that, right? Where's our samples today? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's for me to taste, but not for you. Um, so I'm looking forward to boring as many people at uh, parties as I can about the quality of the wine. But uh, but the second thing, the most important thing, is my speaking engagement next year on a wealth building stage to 2,000 business owners has been confirmed and I'm second on stage and uh, followed only slightly later by Mr. Bob Geldof or Sir Bob Geldof. So, wow. hey, he's following me. Uh, he's got a tough, he's got a I'm tough his warm up act. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. That sounds like a really busy week. And you've been up and down the country, I know. And um, you said you met up with some of our foundation members a couple of weeks ago up in Leeds. Yeah, I went up to, up in Leeds and uh, I was doing some speaking there, but took about an hour or so out because, you know, I'm big on trying to maximize the amount of time that I'm available uh, to people wherever I go, and we try and broadcast that, don't we, as well? Because uh, I just love doing that, meeting people together. So we had a wealth builder huddle uh, in, in a lovely hotel in Leeds, and I had some very interesting questions coming out from some great people up there. So, you know, David Johns was there. I think we're hearing from him. Yes. Uh, it was very important to hear from him on that one. Uh, Louise Wrighton, mm-hmm. uh, full of you know great thoughts as well. Yeah, and great to, to see her posting so avidly mm. on the Facebook group, and that's wonderful. Martin Hutchinson as well, and uh, Mark Perry, who's a a coach, but he's an open minded coach in learning about wealth, and and the you know the all ever sort of enthusiastic George Darmanin, who's gets to as many events as he can, and he's like a sponge sucking up information mm. um, and ready to take action at any time. And the thing that came to me as a distinction from them all, Chris, was this this idea of trying to find and the way they can maximise the use of their time. Mm. Well, we said last week, didn't we, that we would find time to talk about this in a bit more depth. And it stems from <clears throat> leverage. And we did a whole episode back in Wealth Talk Number 11. Number 11. Wow, that long ago. Yeah, which was, how do you leverage different areas in your life? Yeah. Um, I think this question came up with the group in Leeds. Yeah, we were talking about leverage. And um, I think one of the smart questions was, so Kevin, what's the most important form of leverage? And we know from the podcast there, it's F-I-R-S-T, which are the five sources of leverage. And go listen to the podcast if you don't know what the others are yet, because it's very insightful. But the T is time. And uh, the reason why time is the most valuable source of leverage and should be the first point of leverage is because without time, you cannot leverage anything else. 
So, you know, you can't leverage your money. You can't leverage your relationships. There's just no form of leverage that doesn't need time to enable it. So the starting point for all of our Wealth Builder students, those who crave and want to move towards security, then into independence, is this need to make the best use of their time. And then for many people, just to carve out a bit of time, Mm -hmm. because many of them are holding down the aspiration of being wealthy, but stuck in a job. Well, we're actually going to hear from from three people later on in this episode who share those different experiences of you know having a job and managing that alongside you know starting a business, building property portfolio. Yeah, and it's great because um, I think the three different people all approached it very differently, um, and we'll hear one carved out a little bit of time, mm. uh, one carved out you know a, a whole what twenty percent more time. Mm. Fantastic. And the other was like, well, I'm, I've had enough. I'm, I'm giving it full time now. Yeah. So, you know, being full time in wealth is a, wow. I mean, that, that will just accelerate anybody who does that. But we recognize and we must say very clearly, we will never, ever suggest that someone gives up their job and completely shifts from being trading time for money to trading time to build wealth. It's a transition. Absolutely. And everybody should approach it cautiously carefully and in the right way that suits their dynamic and uh, so we definitely don't want to give everybody the impression they should sack the boss today well i was just going to say <laughs> i might have written a book which has that kind of title but um you can do it gradually for anyone who's read the book will know that that is not the way that i recommend going about it yeah quite. and um we've titled this podcast episode today kevin becoming wealthy only takes one day a month yeah tell us a bit more about the meaning behind this well you know Bill Gates quoted, didn't he? He said, you know, most people, well, you know the quote, you've, yeah. you've used it. Well, with yeah, he said yeah. most people overestimate what they can achieve in one year and underestimate what they can achieve in 10 years. Yeah. So, you know, the question that, you know, we'll often see people, and I think definitely came out with the Leeds group, was they get overwhelmed. You know, there's so many what's they could do. Ooh, what could I do? What could I do? What could I do? Should I do this strategy or that strategy, this tactic or that tactic? There's lots of what's. And when you get lots of what's in front of you, you get confused and confused minds shut down. And they don't take action because they keep going, well, what if that was better and what should I do first and so on? And the way to think about that is in the context of that quote, is not to try and do everything and not to try and assume you can create wealth even in a year but if I asked anybody, you know, could you, could you move from being in your job now to being completely financially independent in the next 12 months? They'll say they can't do it. They will definitely feel they can't do it. But if you say, well, what if I gave you 10 years and you had some support and you had some education you know, and you made all the right connections, do you think you could do it then? And they all think they can. And this is the context, I think, for this, is that anybody can create financial independence in a decade, and therefore don't think or don't worry about trying to do it in a year. In fact, all you really need to do is just imagine that if you know you can do it in that period of time, and everybody can, I haven't met anybody who can't do that in 10 years, then all you really need to do is then work out, if you think 10 years is not very difficult to work out how many months, Mm. right? It's 120 months. Yep. So if you just take each month and take one action, you could take one action this month and you don't have to get overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. 
So your framework for thinking about wealth is no longer about the what, what, what. It's what can I do this month? Mm. Being pro- June, proactive rather than reactive. And do one thing, you know, so and that wouldn't be too difficult to help them do one thing. And then next month, you're going to do slightly better. And the next month, slightly better. And the next month, slightly better. So what you're doing is you're not in a linear fashion moving your wealth by one one-twentieth. You're accelerating and accelerating, compound and compounding, learning and growing and changing as a person. And your perspective constantly changes if you do something that you will commit to this month. And that's why I say never let 30 days go by without making a commitment to taking some action into building your wealth. It doesn't have to be a big thing. Right at the beginning, it's like baby steps. It's later. You can do so much in one month, especially if you've created more time to do it anyway. So at the beginning, just think about the best thing you can do this one month. So the very next month, choose one thing. Do it well. Don't do it half-assed. Do it well and give feedback to your buddy Mm -hmm. or your coach. And hold yourself accountable to do that. Yeah. I'm hoping the buddy system has sorted itself out by now, or or maybe it's getting close to that. Yeah, yeah. Because we can't be there to hold everybody account every month. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Okay, so should we perhaps have a listen to some of our members now and see how they've managed to carve out more time? Sounds great. So I'm with Steve Hall, one of our foundation program members. How are you today, Steve? I'm very well. Thank you, Chris. Yourself? Yeah, yeah. Very good, Steve. Now, I know that you have approached the um, subject of saving time or finding more time in a quite methodical approach, and that includes planning and scheduling your time. So would you mind sharing with our listeners about how you've gone about that process, please? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, you know, you can do all the planning and and all the rest of it, but uh, I I found that uh, unless I had some specific... um, tactics that I could use to push away all the distractions and really focus then you know having plans was great but I wasn't I still wasn't getting stuff done so I use the idea of pomodoros um, which is really it's just a a 25 or 30 minute slot of time Uh, so I put a timer on my my watch I stick on my my Always cancelling headphones and just focus on what it is on my list um, that I need to get done and just keep going until the time goes off. So that's that's definitely one key thing that's worked for me really, really well over the last couple of years. Brilliant. And of course, you're using your time to focus on your, your business, which you've mentioned, but would you say there's any other benefits of, of managing your time in the way that you have done, Steve? Yeah, definitely. Um I mean, I found right at the start when I was starting my business, you know, my time tended to get skewed um, either towards my business or towards my day job or towards personal things. So I was going kind of up and down um, and not really finding a balance. Um, and I, once I got all of these routines and habits in place, I found that I had a much better balance between all three. And, you know, I've, 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 constantly getting good results at work getting good appraisals getting promotions um stuff at home is going really really well um you know i'm not really dropping the ball on 
on things like I, I used to do. Um, so, you know, it, it helps me to manage really all of the big things to do with my, my business or my job right down to, to really small things like making sure I, I pick up um, the right groceries on the, right, on, the, on the way home from work or something, you know, something small like that. Great. Well, thanks so much for sharing those time-saving tips with us today, Steve. No worries. You're welcome. I'm with Varun Agarwal today. How are you, Varun? Yeah, I'm doing good. Thanks, Chris. Now, I know that you're a contractor and you've been able to carve out more time for yourself. Would you mind sharing how you've gone about that, please? Yes, sure. So, yes, like being a contractor has its own own advantages. But like I still think, you know, like you're still like working nine to five and five days a week. And if you want to do something else like properties, trading or anything else you want to do it side by side, it becomes quite time consuming. And uh, so that's where, you know, like it got me thinking, you know, I need to like dedicate, dedicate some time to this thing. And then I thought, okay, like how about like uh, taking a day off? And then I thought, okay, like let's take Friday off. So initially like it was like Fridays are already quite light. So it might not be a good idea. And Mondays, we all know, you know, like it's always a Monday blues we all get. So it's like, okay, let me decide on Monday. But working one day, which means like it's a 20% of my revenue. So I don't want to impact my day-to-day revenue as well. So what I did was because I had a good rapport with my client, I went to see them as like, it was a time of the contract renewal. So I was like, okay, um, uh, it's like I would like to increase my rate. And because they knew, like, yes, I was doing good and, like, they needed me as well and the services I was providing was far more than, like, the value which they were getting was far more than they were paying me. So they were happy to increase my rate and then they are they popped the question. I was like, how about you? How will you feel if I work four days a week? And to my surprise, yeah, they were quite open to that. And the thing is, like, I realized, you know, like, if they say, if they have said, like, no, I might have walked away as well. So they might have agreed to four days a week because I was still able to deliver a lot of stuff in those four days and then like losing me at all and hiring someone else. Okay, so three points that came out of that for me, Varun. Firstly was the timing. So you timed it well to ask. Secondly, you actually did ask. So that's important. And um, it reminds me of a quote from Jim Rohn that you don't get paid for time. You get paid for the value that you put into that time. So now that you've got Mondays every week available, how are you putting that time to good use? Yes. Um, so taking Mondays off has given me dual benefit. So one is obviously one I've got a one full day to work on the things I like to do in the long term. And the second uh, benefit which came as a result of that was my productivity over the next four days quite, increased quite dramatically as well because I didn't have any Monday blues. And the week passed quite quickly as well. So I was able to do much more things as well during those four days. So that was a one side. The second side was like I was able to utilize Mondays for doing my like I was able to dedicate a time for my trading, which I love learning trading, which has been there for more for years. Like I, I can't even remember like for eight, nine years, I think. <laughs> but I never had a time like uh, dedicated to that to spend that. I know people does that. But I've got a family as well, so I didn't want you to uh, like uh, take away time from uh, from them. So I'm able to uh, learn some of the trading stuff, and then obviously the properties is another thing which has been uh, I've been interested in. 
and uh, been able to do wings uh, over Mondays. And I, uh, the benefit on Mondays is because very less people are uh, like uh, asking for wings. Agents are able to accommodate much more as per my schedule, so I don't have to work as per their schedule. So they are happy to accommodate as per mine. And I'm able to get dedicated viewings as well. I don't have to to go into open days and like crammed into a house or full of people as well. So it works pretty well. And then I can do a lot of research on Mondays if I've got any query. Like, you know, all the like uh, uh, professionals are at my hand. So you know, if I have to mortgage query, I can quickly call my mortgage broker and ask a query. If I'm doing over the evening or over the weekend, like I have to wait for the next day to uh, uh, like to get the answer. So yeah, it works in some times, but yeah, most of the time you need a quick answer to get like uh, things progressing to make the decision. So that way it has worked pretty well on Mondays as well. Brilliant. Thank you very much for sharing your story with us today, Varun. No problem. So I'm with David Johns, one of our foundation program members. Welcome to Wealth Talk, David. Morning. How are you doing? Very good. Thanks, David. Now, would you please share how you have managed to create more time in your life and how that's allowed you now to focus more on your wealth building activities. Yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, I was 20 years, um, Lloyds Banking Group IT, um, but I'd, I'd had my company running since the end of 16. Um, so, you know, many many of the listeners, I think, will be uh, aware of how difficult it is trying to, trying to get a business off the ground whilst doing a full-time job as well. Um, so yeah, the the opportunity presented itself where I had to effectively reapply for my own job. So in a um, selection and assessment process, um, so I decided at that point in discussion with my wife that actually we were in a position now where if I could get voluntary redundancy, um, she would support me in doing that. So yeah, effectively I I had a a word with my boss and. You know, I said, look, I, I don't want to, to, to get a job. Uh, I've got these other plans. You know, can we can we work together to, to ensure that, that that's where we get? So that's what we did. Um, and, yeah, it, it worked out well. I got the voluntary redundancy um, to the end of, uh, sorry, the start of September last year was my, my last day in work. Um, and that's clearly given me all day, every day, pretty much to to concentrate on running my business and, and building my wealth. Which of the seven pillars are you focusing on, David? Yeah, so my primary pillar at this point in time is uh, is property. So that's the, the business that I've got is a property business. Um, but we're bringing pensions into that as well. So I, I opted out of my workplace pension. Uh, and move that into a SaaS. So uh, Empowered Pensions are, are looking after that for me. And there's there's various things happening with that which are enabling me to to drive my business forward. Um, so, I mean, the, the SaaS has been a big game changer for me. I know you, you've covered SaaS on, on, on other podcasts, but, um, you know, that's allowed me to move forward as well. But, but, yeah, it's allowed me to move forward by enabling my property journey. Okay. And, and what are some of the specific things now that you have more time that you're able to do, which you weren't able to do when you were working, you know, five days a week? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously meeting meeting people for coffees, which, you know, your net worth is, is your network, um, is, is, I think, true. For, you know, for me, I'm a star profile in terms of, of wealth dynamics. So, you know, meeting people and discussing how, how we can add value 
to each other's journey there is great and you know i can do that with with other property professionals that that, that have got time during the day um you know when i'm in the car i'm i'm generally listening to a podcast or an audio book or or anything along them, those lines as well so you know I'm, I'm leveraging the time that i'm i'm sat in the car doing that um you know, I mean, it's given me lots of opportunity for networking with other people and for education and for researching and, and just for generally trying to drive my business forward. But, you know, it's also given me the, the, the opportunity to spend time taking my kids to school and picking them up and, and various things that were becoming difficult while I was in full-time employment as well. Yeah, no, that's great. Well, thank you very much for sharing your story today with our listeners, David. You're very welcome, Christian. Thank you. Okay, so let's pick up then on what Steve said at the beginning there. And Steve approached it quite methodically and really mapping out time. And you have to do that. You have to almost diarise your wealth building time, don't you? Otherwise, life will get in the way. Yeah, I mean, it's not too difficult, is it? I mean, when you... Steve's a smart guy, but when you think about it and analyse what he did, I was actually most interested in the motivation, but if you think about what he did was he just simply got into a different habit in the same way as people do so when they're getting fit or, you know, they're studying. It's just a habit. And once a habit's ingrained, it's there pretty much forever. So if Steve has got those habits now, nothing will really hold him back. So we definitely encourage anybody to get into the habit of giving some time. And he managed to do it almost every day. You know, he didn't just take one day and and do something particular on one day he's doing something every day and that's good he's getting up earlier um you know and and reflecting at the end of the day but i think the most important thing although you know there's different techniques um i've never heard of a tomato as a technique the pomodoro technique yes (laughs) it's it's been around since around the 1980s and um italian gentleman and came from that kind of tomato timer so that's where the name came okay. from and um, 25 minute chunks seems to be a good period of time and then having a break short break and just getting into a rhythm like that so um yeah that's working for steve and i know that's uh, you know popular technique which we can yeah. share in the show notes for today as well yeah i mean anything that really works for anybody i'd never heard of it really and that's because i suppose i'm full-time in wealth building and have been for decades now so i don't think about my whole life is just constantly focused on it so nothing ever deviates me from that even when I'm drinking wine you know so it's 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 ingrained in me but um, what I liked about Steve's other point though was um, the balance Mm. and I think Dave also mentioned it as well didn't he it's about creating balance in your life and often when you're trying to to build wealth at the same time as holding down a job you know the balance can get a bit out of kilter and normally that could be the family Mm. But what I was impressed by with with uh, our guests there was the way they're trying to get their life in balance and, and putting wealth in the balance because that's future security for the whole family, but keeping the family you know, really high priority right now. And that's a key one that sometimes is, gets missed, particularly those people trying hard at the beginning to give a bit of impetus to their wealth to balance the family as well. Mm, yeah, and very important. And Varun there, you know, did a pretty good Smart job. salesman. Did a pretty good job there. So. Good old Varun. <laughs> I love the way he did that. You know, I'd like to get paid more. 
all right, so let's say he got paid 20% more, and now I want to work 20% less. <laughs> so it's like I'm getting the same money for four days and five days. That's so smart. Mm. But, um, you know, Varun's a smart guy too, and what he's managed to do then is, is just actually be bold. He courageously took a step, and you can do that with your job as well. Mm. You know, that was a contract, fair enough. But there are bosses too who will allow that freedom and that flexibility Sometimes for people to work from home, sometimes for people genuinely to take time. Uh, some jobs won't allow that at all, you know, and it'd be a no-no. But wherever it's possible, you know, negotiate that time. Mm. He did a great job. Yeah, and that's allowed for him now to focus on Pillar 4, property portfolio, really accelerate. And trading, of course. That's right. And then extra time now to learn that new skill. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, we'll, we will come on to trading when we deal with investments, because not everybody who's investing in the stock market wants to do it passively. So we'll touch on trading in a future podcast. Yeah, that's coming up very soon indeed. And then finally, we heard from David there. Yeah. So he just said, suck your boss. <laughs> let's, let's create. He's like, you know, I'm all in. <laughs> I wouldn't want to play poker with him. He'd be terrible. He'd, he'd be winning or, or you know, everything. So now, I mean, he's very committed and so enthusiastic. And, and now he's living his wealth dynamic. He's focused on property. He's got some financial leverage. He's a great ambassador in the community. You know, I think the wealth building world, from our perspective, is a brighter place with Dave in it. He's doing a great job for himself and so much more he wants to give back. He's attending lots of things. As he said, he loves Mm. to do it, but not for personal gain, but also for that gain he gets for giving the gift of, of trying to help others. And he was at Leeds as well and he'll be in Manchester next week and so he's just mm. really really keen so you know personal shout out to Dave who's you know so much of a giver mm. but I'm certain though that he'll get to his wealth plan his objective so much more quickly because now he's got all the time and also it's given him a lot more time because we have conversations quite regularly as well um, spoke to him just a couple of days ago in fact so you know he's definitely going to accelerate that but he made that decision and, you know, remember he banked some money from a redundancy, mm-hmm. which then gave him a cushion, uh, whereas most people who've got a job don't have that cushion. So either save that cushion or, or try and get it another, another way like he did. So Yeah. So key message, if you're serious about building wealth, you have to find a way to manage your time effectively. You, you, you can't build wealth on hope alone. You can't wish you were wealthy. You have to make time to do it. The whole point of the Wealth Builder community is to accelerate that time, is to give people a better result for the time they give to it because they've got all the huge resources and benefits of you know, themselves, their buddies, the Wealth Builder community, you as a coach, me as a coach, all of these things, all of our connections. We've got you know, thousands of people you know, who are in a trusted place with us now, and that's growing all the time. So I think... The, the real positive chances with all that support is all you've got to do at the beginning is carve out that some initial time. And if they do that, 120 months or less, it's not that hard, is it? Mm. I mean, crumbs, most people work 10 years and then, you know, a blink of an eye and they're still in the same job, doing the same thing, going round again. You know, 10, you know, 10 years of, of a little bit of hard work, not massively, but actually less than that mm. in truth. You know, most people can do it within three to seven years. So most people will get there quicker. Starting point, 
Don't worry about trying to get there quicker. Take the pressure off. Don't put yourself under a, uh, an overwhelm. Don't put yourself under that cloud of being overwhelmed. Just start with doing the best thing you can. This month, holding yourself accountable. Find a buddy to hold yourself accountable to and say, this month, I commit to doing this. And then commit to it and do it. And then you get the feedback and you move on. And that's all you have to do. It is really that simple, Chris. That's I just it. wish everybody would get that simplicity and take the right action and start there. Yeah. Reminds me, episode two, still one of the episodes that people refer back to when, they when do. I speak to them. The, the three Ds, don't be a drifter. Yeah. Take control of your time. Yeah. Put it to good work. It's very easy to drift in a very busy world. So no, no wealthy drifters ever. You know, well, maybe only the drifters and musicians, <laughs> right? But long ago, but no drifting ever, ever, ever makes anything because you're rudderless. Uh, so get a bit of focus. Anyway, I think we've got the lesson well across today, I we think. Have. Yeah, so next week. I think we're back on... Uh, Pillar three. Pillars now. Mm. Yeah, I think investing. And that's that's a biggie too, because it's a big old topic. You know, everything from stock market, alternative investments, ISAs, you know, national savings, you know, the whole gamut of things people can do to create wealth. And I'm going to dispel a myth, Chris, mm. next week. I'm going to shoot a sacred cow squarely in the head and say you've been taught something in your investing life that is entirely the opposite of what you really should be doing. So watch out for that one. Love leaving us on a cliffhanger. <laughs> Thanks for that today, Kevin. You're welcome.